0: There's a path along life's highway So common and
1: well-trod
0: By the shoes of burden the Christians who won't put their trust
1: in God Welcome to The Liberating Secret With your host, author and teacher, Sylvia Pierce The Liberating Secret is dedicated to revealing the mystery of the gospel Which is Christ in you, the only hope of glory Let's join Sylvia Pierce for today's lesson He died rose again
0: set me free. Welcome to The Liberating Secret. My name is Sylvia Pierce and I'm glad to be with you today. I hope you've been following our, this chart presentation. This chart presentation is What is Man? And so um, I'm on chart 30, I think, this time. We're talking about Romans 7. You know, if you're familiar at all with Romans, you um, And I would advise all of you all to get your Bible out and go through Romans 6 through 8. I mean, it's saying exactly what I'm teaching here. If you're thinking, what in the world is she teaching? I've never heard this. Well, go get your Bible out and read it in um, a good Bible. Um, one that stays close, some Bibles are paraphrases, and they're not really close to the original. I recommend, I like the King James, sorry I do, but I also like the New American Standard and the Amplified. I think those three really stay pretty close to the original meaning. So, uh, get get your Bible out and read those three chapters. I like to start in Chapter 5, and actually I have a whole series just in those three chapters on TV if you if you want to look those up, it's Romans 5 through 8 series. So um, but uh, now we're talking about Romans 7 again. Why are we talking about Romans 7? Well, Romans 6 basically is declaring the truth of the gospel and the second part of the gospel that you that through his bodily death and resurrection, you're baptized into his death and into his resurrection and you're made a new creation the old man was crucified with Christ the new new man is in the old man is out And Romans 7 says that that was your old husband you were joined to a satanic source and you were under his law of sin and death and uh, now through the cross you've received Christ and you now live by a new law it's not a law of striving to become or striving to improve but it's the law of faith Uh, That's a a great uh, statement. That sounds like an oxymoron, but actually that very verse is in uh, chapter 3 of Romans. I think it's pretty much the last couple of verses in Romans 3. It says, The law of faith. Well, that means how faith works, because that's exactly what law means. How a thing works. How does gravity work? Well, they're still trying to figure that out. That's probably the most unknown of all of the forces that they're trying to figure out. Uh, the gravitational force and actually, you know, they have new theories out all the time about that. I won't go there because I just would bust it up or make it wrong, say it wrong. But anyway, um, how does gravity work? We know, we know the simple way it works. You hold a book in your hand, you drop it, and guess what? It's going to fall. It always will work that way as long as we're here on this earth there is a gravitational pull. Well, in order to fly, you know, the airplanes, they had to figure out a way to overcome that gravi- gravitational pull. So, uh, so if we're on this earth, that is the same as saying, that's the same as the law of sin and death. That's how it's always going to work. If you're operating as if you're still a, just a flesh person, independently from the Spirit, striving to be your own goodness, and. Uh, trying to avoid any sins, you see, um, then you're always going to be under that gravitational pull of down you go again, down you go again, you're not going to be able to stay up, sorry. It's not until you move into the truth of who you really are, into a new law of spirit and life that transcends the law of sin and death and raises you to a new level of living. That's what the resurrection really is about. So. Romans 7 is the futility of trying to do it yourself and what happens and what Paul discovers. Now, okay, let's look at at chart number 30 and let me read it to you. Satan misuses my flesh and that's exactly what's happening in Romans 7. All my God-given human faculties are misused by Satan as long as I operate from the lie of the phantom eye. That's what I like to call the independent self. It's a phantom eye. It's a lie. It's not the truth about us. We're operating from who we're not, so that makes it a phantom, like a ghost, but we're still operating. It's like when a person um, gets his leg cut off, all of his senses and his nerves and his brain still thinks he has that leg. Well, it's a phantom leg. (laughs) It's not really there. Well, that's the way this eye is. This this independent I was crucified with Christ, but we're still operating like it's still there. It's a phantom eye. Then is the basic, that is the basic reason that we mistakenly hate ourselves. When we can see that the real culprit is Satan disguised as us and not the human self, then by the that body death of Christ on the cross, we are set free from Satan's hold on our precious humanity. Christ rightly uses our precious humanity, human faculties as his right means of expressing himself by us. Righteousness is simply right-useness, is simply right-useness. So let's turn to the next one, Satan's Deception. Let's look at that for a minute. That's chart 31, Satan's Deception, and I'm just going to read these, Satan disguises disguised as a good me. Wow. Satan disguised as a good me. Satan speaks to us in first person. He does. This is what I say to myself. I say to myself, I can do good. I can do better. I'll work harder at it. I'll keep myself from doing evil. I'll do good next time. That's why we go down and commit ourselves over and over To the Lord, we're trying to say, I promise I'll do better next time, like the children of Israel before they knew about the Holy Spirit. Independent self is any self-activity based on self-reliance. Improve me, protect me, defend me, preserve me, save me and mine. And then, of course, uh, Luke 17, Jesus said this, Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake will save it. That's not just talking about physical life. That's talking about an inner sufficiency that we think we have in ourselves. We have to lose that in order to find out that my life is really the life of Christ. There is no independent me to perfect or, know, or to become more spiritual. Okay, there's no independent me to perfect. That's not what gets perfected. My perfection is knowing I'm a perfect nothing containing and expressing the perfect all. That's really what perfection is. Now let's move right along uh, to uh, 32 which is the answer is in Romans 7. Paul I want you to read Romans 7 in in your scripture. I'd advise you not to read NIV because I don't think that's the right translation. So you know, I don't want to say anything more about that, but I think a lot of it is paraphrased, and I think they would even say that. It's paraphrased. So read exactly what the New American Standard says and the new, even the New King James, the Old King James and the New King James, or the Amplified. It says, and what Paul is discovering, what you have to discover what the problem is, and he's discovering what the problem is. Now, think of this. He was born... Again, uh, when he was thrown off his horse, humbled himself before the Lord, what shall I do? And the Lord says, "Uh, go to Damascus, and I'll show you what to do. So he was humbled and blinded for three days before Ananias came, laid hands on him, and he received his sight, and he also um, uh, received the Holy Spirit. So he was uh, anointed with the Holy Spirit. Well, immediately he went to the synagogue, to tell the Jews that Jesus really was the Messiah, that he had been wrong. What a great man that is, you see. I was wrong. I mean, I've, you know, the, um, there was a book written not long ago. I was wrong. A minister finally admitted it. We all have to admit it sometime in our life, in our Christian life, I was wrong, you see. And he did admit that, and he went to the synagogue preaching it. Well, right away they tried to kill him. Well, he was a coward. He did not know what to do with the opposition against him. And so he ends up being uh, let out of the city of Damascus in uh, a basket. And that's really the way the women uh, escaped when the enemy came in on the city. So that was really such a humble way to leave, a humble way to come into Damascus blind and really being wrong and being you know so down because he was had been wrong all of his life and really understanding the impact of all that he had done and killed killed the Christians long before Stephen he was killing all the other Christians you see so he was killing Christ that's what Christ said he said why why do you um, why are you killing me really so he. Christ called his body himself, which is really what we are. We're the body of the head, which is a whole being. So, we're the part of that being of Christ. So, anyway, Paul leaves afraid, and and um, so he is driven into Arabia. Why? Well, he had been a very powerful man, very intellectual, probably genius, probably... Um, got all the accolades from the Sadducees and Pharisees of his day. And now look at him so humbled and so weak. He didn't know what to do. He was so confused. Where was the power? Where was the power? He had the power when he was lost as a sinner, but the power was coming from Satan to kill all the Christians. Now where's the power of God? The power of God ought to be greater than that. Where is it? He didn't know where it was. He had to go into Arabia to... Have a sabbatical to find out how in the world to operate in, in this new revelation, which that Christ was in him. How 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 do I humanly operate? Well, he had to be broken, just like every one of us. That great and mighty man finally ended up saying, "I have no confidence in the flesh. I was born the uh, circumcised the eighth day. I was born a Pharisee, but." Of, a, of a, actually, he was, had Roman uh, citizenship, but he, but his father was a, a a Jew and a Pharisee as well, probably, and um, he said, "I kept the law perfectly before I was saved." Wow! Now, to me, that shows you, or shows me, that um, he was self-deceived, thinking that he could keep the law perfectly within himself. So he wasn't having any trouble with himself keeping the law. As a non-Christian, he really had, he he was proud, he thought he kept it all perfectly. Heard somebody say one time, that was really perfect Satan. Keeping the law perfectly outwardly in my own sufficiency is really perfect Satan. Wow, (laughs) big statement. Okay, so. A lot of people say Romans 7, well, they rationalize and say he couldn't have been a Christian, He, you know, he just had trouble uh, before he was saved, and I say, well, the proof of it is in Philippians chapter 3 when he talks about his pre-Christ life and how he had no trouble with the law at all. He says he thought he kept it perfectly. Well then Romans 7 has to be talking about his time after he becomes a Christian because all of a sudden now he can't stop sinning. He can't stop coveting and so and, and it, it reduces him to to finding out what is wrong with me and actually I have a little booklet entitled Romans 7 what what is wrong with me and that's the question Paul is saying Okay, I understand that Christ is in me, but what about my human, my humanity? What about the cup? Okay, I know the content is right, but what about the cup? I can't express righteousness. Why not? The more I, because the more I try to perform, the more I don't. I fail. And so let's look at this chart 32, and I'm going we'll to read it to you. The answer to Romans 7. Because he asks the question, what is my problem? He says, first he discovers in Romans 7.12 that the law is not his problem. The outer law isn't his problem. And then he says in Romans 7.17, the human self is not my problem. See, that's what Satan is constantly accusing is the human vessel. It's the fact that he didn't understand his vesselhood, that he was totally helpless. That's what he didn't understand. But there really wasn't anything wrong with his vesselhood or his human self. That's not the problem. And that's the one not doing the sins. That's the one uh, But it's causing him to sin, but it's not doing the sins. That's what he says in Romans 7. It's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Now, he means dwells in me, in my flesh. It doesn't mean in his spirit. So it's more like on him operating his flesh and that's exactly what Romans 6 says, let not sin reign in your mortal flesh. So it's about our flesh, you see. So Satan can certainly um, operate us from a flesh level and cause us to uh, manifest unrighteousness and of course those 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 are sins. They are. Alright, but how not to sin? Let's get to the root of it. Let's don't just cut off, you know, if I was a, uh, if I would go out into my yard and there are many dandelions out in my yard, I, I somehow the man missed coming to our house to um, to put all the, uh, the chemicals down to take care of all the dandelions. Well, if I would go out there and just cut the top of a dandelion off, I'm not getting to the root of it, I would, we all know that the very next day they pop up the next day and they're there again. Well, if we don't get to the root of our problem and we still think the human us is the problem because Satan will certainly tell us it is Satan is constantly telling us we are the problem and uh, you should be manifesting uh, a better fruit and try harder to do it so we're all acting as if we're part apart from Christ so the real problem is Satan invading my bodily members has deceived me and made me think that I should improve my behavior by self-effort. That is the lie. Good self-improvement is sin and Satan disguised as me. It's the good side of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's pharisaical, uh, pharisaical evil goodness. You see, it's the good side of the, tr- of the knowledge of being good, having the appearance of good really underneath. We're not and uh, and it's not obvious evil. It's exactly what Christians um, strive with. That's what we're. That's what we're totally inundated with. How to improve ourselves? How to be good? How to be better? How to give more? How to think better? How to? You see. So we're striving to come to that place. But the real culprit is not me, and that not the human me. That's what Paul discovers in Romans seven that the real culprit is Satan disguised as a good me, as a me that tries to do good, you see, because it's self-effort that really is the sin of the Christian. It's trying hard through self-sufficiency that really is the sin of the Christian. All right, let's go back to this chart, 32. I stand on the finished work of Christ and claim my deliverance with no condemnation. I mean, how to come into Romans 8, how to get out of the trying and failing. Once you see that the problem is not really you, but it's really Satan, then how do you solve the you? Well, you don't. It's already been solved. The cross solved it. The cross did it. Jesus did the work. And he finished the work uh, uh, because he, uh, he, he... you were crucified with him, and the old man, the old satanic spirit, was crucified from you, and he has no power over you. Now, you, it, as long as you think you can do it, you're gonna—you're really operating from works and not from grace. Then Satan will have power over you. But the minute you relinquish your par- par- power, your self-power, which is really false power and it's really satanic power. Once you relinquish that and trust in the living God's life and power within you. to And he has already overcome sin. So that's how you enter into the overcoming life. You just enter into the one who has already been raised in newness of life. And has already overcome sin. So 32 says, I stand on the finished work of Christ and claim my deliverance with no condemnation. So we stand. I'm not going to take condemnation for my doing. I'm just going to stand in the truth of who I am, and I'm not going to take condemnation. I now know my true identity as Christ, the victor, and I'm seated with him far above heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. The Spirit detaches me from the evil one, producing the sin disguised as a good me. Ye have overcome the evil one. That's exactly what First John says. First John says, if you're a little child, you just know your sins are forgiven. If you're a young man, if you've matured any at all, you have overcome the evil one because the word of God is strong in you and you're standing in the truth. And the evil one cannot have any power over you any longer as long as you're living from the life of Christ and not your own life. So I think that we, we, we as Christians need to really come into that second phase, which is the young man stage. It goes on to say that the fathers know me from the beginning. We'll talk about that later. Alright, let's go to the next chart which is 33, the lie of two natures. Now I think that's the biggest lie in Christianity is that we have an evil human nature. That's what we think is evil. No, now we're talking about spirit truth. Spirit truth is you are joined to Christ in spirit. And you live in a a soul and body. I mean you, you are spirit, soul and body. But your soul and body is not evil like it has a power that's evil in and of itself that can do the evil. I always say to people, if there's any possible way that the human being can produce the evil or the sins in and of ourselves, then there's a strong possibility we can also produce righteousness in and of ourselves. If that is true, we don't even need a Savior at all. We'll do it ourselves, you see? So what we have to understand is, and I've heard even ministers say this. Well, I don't see any proof of that in the Bible. Well, may I say this? Uh, Romans 7, 17 says, it's not me that's doing the bad. It's sin. It's Mr. Sin, really. It's Satan disguised as me doing the sinning. It's not me that's doing it, though. It's Satan. In other words, I'm not really producing that sin. It's coming out through me, but I'm not the producer of it. And also, Galatians two twenty says, "I no longer live; it's Christ." So, uh, it's Christ that does the good, the the righteousness through us. And it's 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 the evil that we do that might come from us is that's not even coming from the me from the from the human knee either. It's coming from Satan. All right. Well, we've got total authority over him. When you're raised with Christ, you know you're raised to a new spirit and life that sets you free from all that Satan uh, uh, desires to um, do inside of us. So if you look, now let's look at chart 33 again. If the good I do is not me, but Christ in me, then the evil I do is not me either. It is Satan expressing his evil, through me, disguised as a good me. And that's, that's huge. That's This is a huge chart. And it's not really me. Well, how come I feel it and think it? Well, it's because you're living more in the reality of your soul feelings and, and your thoughts than you are what God says. Alright, Galatians 2.20 says it's not I but Christ living and producing righteousness. And Romans 7.17 says it's not I but sin. So, I can't produce my own righteousness or sin. That's when I learn I'm nothing but a vessel. That can't is, I'm not the producer. I'm only the receiver. I'm not the producer of sin or righteousness. The human me is not good or evil in and of itself. It is a neutral container and has no nature of its own. That's the good news. Now let's move on to this next chart, which is chart 34. Where does this lie come from? Uh, Satan King counterfeit, and that's what I call him. If, you, if we would turn to Isaiah 14, 12 through 14, you would see all the independent eyes. He says, I will be like the Most High God. I will set my kingdom above the stars of God. I will, I will, I will. That, that, look at this chart. Satan said, I will be like the Most High God. He wanted to be... He wanted a separate will and life of his own. That's what that means. He wanted to replace God and be another separate God other than uh, who God created him to be. So because his original creation was Lucifer, he he was created to be a light bearer. But the light that was in him became darkness because he said, no, the creation is going to take the place of God. I'll be like the Most High God. Don't we Christians say that? I'll be like Christ. I'm going to act good like Christ. I'm going to be better next time. Do we get it? I mean, how many times do we have to say that? Do you get it? You see, it's not an I. Separate from Christ, that that has any energy, any power, is not a source. It's not our source. And what is producing the righteousness that comes out of us, or producing its uh, the sins if we fall into sins? And then I say the biggest sin is believing that you, in and of yourself, can be a good self apart from Christ. And He says, "I will be like the Most High God." Now let me let's read this this. Chart 34, Satan is not trying to be evil. He was trying to be good, but he was trying to do it separate from God. He was trying to become another God. Therefore, he brought into being original sin, which is self-sufficient self, operating as an independent self. These same lies were put into Adam at the fall and passed on to us as our daily inheritance. And that's why we think the way we do. So the next time, we're going to skip the next chart, which is who's who in Romans 7. You can read that if you have these charts. And we're going to now go into 36 and talk about the leap of faith, and which is the only way that a person can get out of the false syndrome of trying and failing and trying to improve themselves is to take a leap of faith. It's a leap of faith. I always say you have to jump out of Romans 7 into Romans 8. Romans 8 promise says no condemnation to them that walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. If you walk in the flesh and your flesh, false flesh sufficiencies, you will die. You walk in the spirit of who you are. And you'll, you'll, you're going to find the life of Christ there, manifesting, sufficient for all things, able to do all things. Then I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who is that I? That I is a Christ I that can do all things who, because Christ is the energy and the strength within my very being that causes me to be able to do all things. If you want to do all things, it's not going to be because you can rise up and say that verse. It's going to be the the life of Christ within you that that causes you to do all things. Well, do we start out weak? You're done right. We all start out weak. Um, And that's right. It's not wrong to be weak. That's all a vessel can be is weak. We've got to get used to what it means to be a vessel. Be a weak vessel. Be weak. But know that you're depending on the life of Christ. Now, if you want to read, um, if you want to examine yourself and see if you're in the faith, read 2 Corinthians 13. And Paul says that's the way you know you're in the faith. If you're weak, but you live by the power of God. So, you see, there is a combination of two. You never get past the two. There's always human weakness. and, And the power of God is clothed in human weakness.
1: You have been listening to The Liberating Secret with Sylvia Pierce. We want to send a special thank you to all our supporters who make this program possible. If you have been blessed by this program and would like to contact Sylvia, you can write her at P.O. Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky 40253. That's Post Office Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky 40253. You can also find more of Sylvia's teachings on her website. The web address is www.theliberatingsecret.com. That's www.theliberatingsecret.com. And be sure to listen again right here Monday through Friday at the same time for The Liberating Secret with author and teacher Sylvia Pierce. So until next time, may God richly bless you.